Welcome to today's Pastor's Roundtable, where we'll discuss Sunday's sermon. Hey guys, right. how are you? Hello. Welcome. Pastor's Roundtable. Yes. We are here you. with Hans Dilbeck, the yes. man, the myth, the legend. That's right. He is the executive director of the BGCO. We're thankful to be here. We're in your yeah. office. Thanks man. for having me. Yeah, it's good to, good to be here. Yeah, yeah. Got, I, don't, I don't remember inviting you, but welcome to my office. <laughs> yeah, 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 we just joined in. We just thought we'd drop by and, and do the Pastor's Roundtable here, but uh, Chris and Mauricio are out today. That's and right. So, it's hard to do pastors roundtable with two folks. Yeah, you know. Yeah, so, so we called Hans about thirty minutes ago and Woke told me we're up. coming up. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's good to have you. Yeah. So what are uh, what are some of the exciting things going on around the uh, BGCO these days? We, right now, we've got a youth evangelism conference happening down at Falls Creek. So they're somewhere between twenty five hundred and three thousand students down there. Wow. On this. Uh, break they got there they're there for 24 hours basically four o'clock sunday to four o'clock monday and uh they're sharing the gospel with those students but mm. more than anything they're trying to equip and mobilize them to right. to carry the gospel so the, the climax of that this afternoon is each one of those students texting a friend a lost friend mm. uh, to initiate a gospel conversation with them. so that's that, awesome. that's that's the main things happening today we got 30 students down there at Northwest that's today. Right. So that's, that's right. Good. I was there last night. It's good crowd. Yeah. Great speaker. So we definitely want to say we want to be in prayer for those students. Who so. is the speaker? Yeah, who's great? Yeah, Chris is actually speaking down there. <laughs> yeah, okay. Chris Gully yeah. speaking. And yeah. He's doing good. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Kyle, go ahead. Well, man. you know, great guy. Um, I tell you, um, we have been in a, uh, a series uh, of uh, Treasuring God series, and um, uh, we're in a couple of weeks. And this um, this last uh, weekend, we we covered um, guarding your heart from Genesis chapter four, verses one through sixteen. And um, of course, this is the account of Adam and Eve um, coming together, and um, and we see that uh, Cain and Abel come on the scene. Okay, so so uh, Eve gives birth to. Uh, uh, Cain and Abel, and um, it's interesting, um, we see that um, Abel kept the flocks while Cain worked the soil, and I want to read a couple verses, um, This is these are verses 3 through 5, the scripture says, in the course of time, Cain brought some of the fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, but Abel uh, brought fat portions from some of the uh, firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with favor. And of course, um, Cain goes on to become downcast, and and we see what happens um, through the through the remainder of the scripture. The question uh, I'd like to pose to you guys is. Um, why favor on one and not the other? You know, so how does the modern day reader uh, decipher this ancient text? Right. Well, and we talked about a little bit about this in the sermon yesterday, but obviously you have um, the two differences here is, is Cain bringing some of the fruit from the ground and you have Abel bringing his first and his best, his firstborn of his flock and the fat portions thereof. And so um, you, 
you know, I think you can take it one of two ways. One is is that he's bringing his first fruits. He's bringing the first and his best. And therefore, God is accepting his offering because of his faith that God would provide more for Abel, as let, uh, Hebrews 11.3 says. But also, I think that um, um, God may have required uh, to be a blood sacrifice. We're not sure mm-hmm. in the text of Scripture, but it possibly could be a blood <laughs> sacrifice. Obviously, uh, foreshadowing of Christ and the sacrifice of Christ. I think personally that it's a offering in faith, okay. and so it's a first fruits offering. I, I, I that's that's where I lean. But, I, uh, I, I like that, and I, I think both are great ideas. I think the beauty of that story is it just it brings all these questions to our mind, which are productive. And uh, I just read that a few weeks ago as I was starting to read my Bible through again this year, and uh, what really struck me is it exposes Cain's heart. Cain didn't say, well, God, what do I need to do to line up to be mm. pleasing to you? Yeah. Uh, instead, he got angry with his brother, angry with God, and responded with pride and, mm. uh, and rebellion, mm-hmm. and, uh, which is kind of an interesting way we respond to God sometimes. You know, instead of, oh, God, I'm sorry, how can I line up? Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we, a lot of us read that right. text, and our question is, well, that wasn't fair, God. Mm-hmm. Cain brought God something too, right? Right, right. And uh, it's kind of it, it, it kind of uh, uh, brings to the surface some of the sinfulness of our hearts, right? I think as far as our, our walk with God. Well, it's really a scary thing sometimes to to see that Cain actually brings something for the Lord, and yet the Lord has no regard or no favor for it. I mean, that's a scary thing for my heart in in knowing. You know, it's not all about just just doing these good works or all about these things that we do or giving or whatever it may be. But yeah. actually, the intention of my heart yeah. is uh, is it is what God desires. Yeah. And so, no, that's you know, when you read the Old Testament, especially, and you see it in the New Testament too. Uh, even when Israel is at her most rebellious, she's still coming to the temple and worshiping God. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Those yeah. expressions of religion. Uh, they never go away. Yeah. They just get corrupted. Right. And, that, and that's uh, actually Martin Luther King Jr. Day right today. And, right. And he preached on that. Amos 5 talks about let justice roll down. God's basically saying, I'm not accepting your mm-hmm. gifts or your offerings, even your worship. I'm not accepting because of the injustice that's going on. Yeah. You know, that's interesting. Yeah. Interesting topic. Yeah. Well, that's a, that's a great, uh, so many great insights. Um, you know, uh, the way we respond to the to the Lord's word to us is is revealing of our heart. That's a good word. That is good. Um, let me ask you this: In verse seven of of Genesis four, um, the scripture says this. Actually, the Lord is speaking. He says, "If you do what is right," he's speaking to Cain. If you do what is right, uh, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do what is right. Sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must master it. So what do we make of this? I, I'm going to let Rob answer that. The, uh, that's a famous Old Testament text because of the interpretive opportunities involved in there. It, you know, uh, sin is crouching 
at your door and its desire is for you. It's the same language used in the previous chapter of, of Eve desiring Adam. Uh, the, the, great, the great Steinbeck book, East of Eden, he spends a lot of that novel exploring, but you must master it. Uh, what, what, what is that all about? It's kind of a study, really, that novel is on Cain and Abel. And so it's important that when you're interpreting that, you realize that a lot of people have spilled a lot of ink. I mean, it's a lot to tackle in, in yeah, a small a conversation. It just, it just mushrooms when you start talking about it. And having said that, I'm so glad that Rob here can give us a clear yeah, and concise, no. correct answer. <laughs> no, I mean, there's there's a lot to it, but... But in in the narrative of scripture, you know, when you're when you're dealing with narratives, it's you know, what is what is God speaking to, and what is He saying, and what what is going on in the text, rather than getting bogged down in the one sentence language. I, I really like to to get an overall world worldview, and I and I think that when you take this passage, as as Hans has said, you take it with the heart. Of Cain and uh, his heart. If if you if you had given your first fruits of your heart, if you if you go through the the, the text of scriptures, you know the the first fruits giving is is a is a giving of thanksgiving unto God for what He has given to you. And right. so, when we're talking about this first fruits passages, I look at this and I see to myself, well, well, Abel gave his first and his best. Cain did not. It shows his heart. If you do not, it, it, and and so in his lack of giving, right. the Lord is calling him out. Yeah, it's calling him out in his lack of giving. If you do not do well, do well in what? Do well in thanksgiving, in giving unto the Lord, and in, in praising the Lord, recognizing that He is the one that gives, and trusting that the Lord will get increase your harvest and increase what you're giving. Yeah, I think it's also interesting to think, but you know, Cain offered it an offering that was not pleasing to the Lord. Maybe he offered it in ignorance. Right. God corrects him and says, listen, how you, you've got a decision to make. Right. Are you going to line up or are you going to rebel? Right. Sin is crouching at you. So when, so when does that become sin? Is, is, uh, that's, that's an interesting sure. discussion. That's what's so fascinating right. about those Genesis narratives is they, they, uh, they just run into all the deep parts of our theology. Mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. And, and the sin, you know, I, I, I viewed it as like the door becomes open. And uh, he's opening that door in his life. His mm -hmm. heart is opening the door for destruction. Yeah, yeah. You we know? see where it takes. Him. And and yeah. so so, the door of his heart. And really, my my sermon was entitled "Guarding Your Heart," yeah. mm -hmm. because I think in in this in this circumstance, God is giving us a picture of how when you don't guard your heart through thanksgiving and and giving yeah. and unto the Lord, right. you know. Where, you, where your treasure uh, is, there, there your heart is yeah. also. That's you right. don't guard your heart through giving. What yeah. happens is the enemy comes in. The sin is crouching at your door. And what in turn happens is uh, complete and utter destruction. Yeah, for yeah. yeah. So. that's good. Well, gentlemen, thank you for uh, this engaging discussion over uh, this, this scripture. Um, it was a tremendous uh, message and time we had this weekend. Um, I think as we wrap up our time, how can, um, how can those that are, they're watching um, now and we'll watch later. How, how can we pray for 
uh, not only Northwest, but how can we pray for the uh, Baptist General Convention of Oklahoma? Yes. Well, you know, uh, our churches, we have over 1,700 churches in Oklahoma, and uh, some of them are very strong, doing well. Some of them uh, are making transitions and impacting their community. Uh, a lot of them are feeble. They're weak. And uh, we, just, we need to pray that God would turn our churches around. They'd raise up pastors and leaders and that um, we'd be a people that are, are pleasing in our sight. The Bible tells us that the local church is the pillar and support mm. for the gospel truth. Mm. Amen. And, uh, and uh, so God's plan for getting the gospel, advancing the gospel in our state, are strong and healthy churches. And uh, but my prayer is, Lord, my prayer is Zephaniah 3, 9. Lord, turn us around, unify us, give us a heart to work together, do the praise and the glory of your grace. That's great. Yeah, I'd just like to say, you know, the Lord has convicted me on this series. We're doing a series called Treasuring God, in which we're, you know, talking about the heart of giving and what a response to who, who God is and what he has done in our life is, is giving. And I just like to say, you know, as part of being a Southern Baptist and being part of the BGCO, we give not just because it's an obligation for us, but because we're giving back what God has given to us in, in a great deal and sending people all over the nations and doing what God has done conjoined together as, as Southern Baptist. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited for what I just I just looked at the numbers this morning. There are 198 Oklahoma Baptists that are under appointment with the International Mission Board on yeah. the field. Yeah. And, wow. and so no one church can support 200 missionaries. True. Right. That, you know, that's right. a huge amount of money. Sure. But, uh, together we can do that and we have a goal to increase that by 20 percent by 2025 we'd like to have 20 percent more under appointment with imb yeah. we'd like to uh we'd like to be ascending church we did. and uh so we haven't set a goal yet but we sent one last night to uh thailand and mm -hmm. we're excited about that yeah so we'd like to we'd like to send multiple that's good we've got some in east asia and other places around the globe right yeah. now but well northwest has a great heritage of that i'm glad you're there yeah it's I'm great it's been great it's gonna be yeah. fun it's gonna be fun well so. this has been good thank you yeah, so much thank you guys enjoyed it